What's good with y'all saints and ain'ts? Wow. What a thief you are. <laughs> like I said it like DMX. No, it was Saints terrible. and ain'ts. <laughs> How y'all doing? The way it's supposed <laughs> to go. It's hey, saints and ain'ts. How are you? I hope you're blessed and I hope you're highly got, favored. That's how you got to do. You got to show your teeth. Like Elizabeth. Hey, Saints and Ain'ts. Uh, why you got a lisp now? When do I, when did I ever say I don't know a lisp? I, I don't know how to show my teeth. Say, I don't know how to show all, all my teeth. Say hey. Hey. Saints. Saints. And Ain'ts. And Ain'ts. <laughs> <laughs> don't look on your face. I got to do your Facebook expression. OMG. Okay. So let's get straight to it. Um, <laughs> Preston got a tattoo. What was that? Two weeks ago for your birthday. Yeah. And anytime Preston gets a tattoo, there's like a, a like a, a witch hunt in the captions where people are just mad at you for marking up your flesh. Yeah. One guy was like, "I'm so disappointing you as a person." <laughs> as a I person. Said, I said, "Man, <laughs> as a person, who you are is a disappointment gosh. to me." My whole being is the just is just you're is, despicable. It's disgusting. You're a deviant. Um, <laughs> but it, it made us think about man, the way people are interpreting that Leviticus passage to me speaks to a bigger issue, which is that there there's just a lack of knowledge in how to interpret the Bible in general. Period. And yeah. so we just felt like, man, it would be fun. Why don't we just go down a, a couple like passages that we ourselves uh, misinterpreted. Or ones that we hear that are misinterpreted often, and let's actually interpret them accurately. Yeah. Um, and this isn't this isn't to shame anybody. This isn't to like make us seem like we have all the answers. I mean, because we've all kind of you know been there. I think this Christian walk is a journey, and when we come to know Christ, we don't come to know everything about the Lord and His Scriptures, and we have to grow. Uh, we're still growing. Still growing. And um, so I'm still seeing that. I'm so wrong. we want to do this in the most gracious way possible. Um, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, I I think the thing is, I think when you learn to interpret the Bible accurately, I think it, by God's grace, should lead to being able to worship him accurately. Absolutely. Um, You know, right doctrine leads to right worship. We obviously don't see that as common as it should be because, I mean, truth be told, there's a lot of people that have right doctrine that are very racist. And so, obviously, there's a misapplication um, (laughs) when it comes to their theological astuteness and how it should apply to their life. But And I think a lot of people who have a right doctrine and are racist, their doctrine some way shape or form is wrong in some somewhere areas. the imago day yeah primarily. You, you know what i'm saying uh but that's another topic it is we should we should approach it one day but yeah the, the point is is that we don't want to learn how to re- read god's words right just to be smart we want to learn to read god's word right so to, we can love him well and know him better yeah and communicate his intentions when communicating anyway so should I start? You should start. Um, what is a scripture that you feel like is misinterpreted? Like, so, so you, you know what I mean? Like, so when I first became a Christian, uh, I went to a church and I, I loved my church because they they loved me well and they were not ashamed of walking in their spiritual gifts right. and uh, being out loud about how they felt about God during the service. You know, it's just, it's just one of them services that you walk in and it's like, okay, I think at some point someone's going to lay hands and I'm going to fall on my face, but glory be to God. It's one of those, those contexts. And I, I have no uh, problem with that. Cause I, I think I learned how to be sensitive to the spirit of God in that space. Yeah. Um, but one of the popular 
passages that were always communicated behind the pulpit and told to me was speak those things that are not as if they were. And usually when people would say it, what they meant is, you know, you want to speak into the atmosphere, uh, something that does not yet exist, speak it so that it will. It sounds real deep too. No, it's very deep. <laughs> so it, it, and it kind of is like, um, Paired with, you know, uh, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Yeah. So it's like this kind of this 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 belief that what I say can create a kind of reality, you know. Why do you think that is? I guess the question that I'm asking, why do you think people pull that from that scripture? Or was that what you was about to explain? And I just kind of cut you off. I don't I don't I don't know, because I, I think for me, I think some of the problem with interpret interpreting rightly is that the way you've heard it taught can sometimes determine how you read it in the text. Explain. And so, and so for example, if in b- before I started to learn how to read the Bible for myself, the only time I, cause that's Romans 4, 17, the only time or every time I heard that passage quoted, it was always in the context of speak those things that are not as if they were. So, you know, your marriage is struggling. Speak those things that are not as if they were. I speak life into my marriage. I speak hope into my marriage. I speak prosperity into my marriage. Okay. Uh, y- you're sick, you know, so speak those things that are not as if they were. I speak health. I speak wholeness, you know? Yeah. And so because that was all I heard about it, even when I read it in Romans, I didn't even think to read it to understand if the way I was reading it was right. Gotcha. I just assumed that how it was being told to me was actually what the author intended that's, for me that, to know. That's good. That's that's good to hear because I didn't grow up like, you know, I didn't grow up in a church. Right. So I didn't really grow up like in black church. I, I So I, I've heard, I heard that, you know, um, that scripture being used in a particular context, not really understanding why or how they even you yeah. know came to that conclusion. Yeah. And I uh, think the, the heart of speaking things, I think the heart is sincere. It's to say there are some circumstances in our life that in our lives that we don't want them to be this way. And so I am believing and hoping uh, that there will be change, that there will be something different. I think the problem is when we think that our words and God's words are the same. Hmm. And I think that's what Romans 4 is actually speaking to. And so contextually, when you read the whole chapter of Romans uh, 4, it's talking about Abraham. And it's talking about how Abraham was not justified by works of the law, but how Abraham was justified by faith. So when it moves to verse 17, it says this verbatim. It says, as it is written, uh, I have made you the father of many nations, talking about Abraham, in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. And so when I first read that sentence in light of the entire chapter, I thought to myself, oh, first of all, the way this scripture has been paraphrased Mm -hmm. is inaccurate Mm -hmm. because it was saying, speak those things that are not as if they were, not connecting it to the fact that the sentence actually says Abraham believed in the God who spoke those things into into existence as if they were. (laughs) Really pointing us back to Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so that was like, oh, this actually isn't talking about me. Or not even talking about what I can do with my words, but it's actually speaking to the reality and the power of God who created a man from the dust and Mm. breathed into his life and gave him or breathed into his nostrils and gave him life. And how he is the one who said, son, stay there and told the waves to stay still. I don't have that much power because I'm not God. So what do you then say to somebody who say, 
we're not saying that this power doesn't come from God, but this power comes from God and it then flows through us, that he gives us the power to to speak those things into speak certain things into existence. What do you say? I I just don't see that in scripture where we are given supernatural power to change reality merely based on our words. Mm. Now, what I do think if we use Romans 4, 17 as, as, as a framework for our hope, it is man by faith, things can change because God is the one who is able to change anything with nothing. Yeah. You know? And so it isn't, I speak hope into my marriage. It's God, please change my marriage. Mm. You know, my hope is no longer in my own words. My hope is in the word, in yeah. Jesus. In, in the final word. Yeah. It's, it's in him. Um, and I, I, but I also know that there's a reality that sometimes speaking particular things is us encouraging ourselves. And so I'm not going to demonize or I'm not going to, you know, say, Hey, don't encourage yourself. But I am going to say, I think it's better to lean towards what God can do and what God is able to do for you. Um, rather than what I think that I'm able to do on my own. That's good. You know, because I think the bigger picture is if God can bring life to dead things, if God can create something out of nothing, then that means that I have immense hope. I have, I have someone to place my faith in who is able to do the impossible. And that is why it is crucial to remember that because Abraham put his faith in that kind of God is the reason that he was made righteous. Mm. And it also becomes, it doesn't become work-based. It doesn't become how much I can speak or how, you know what I'm saying? Like God is pleased with our prayers, but he's ultimately pleased in how much faith we put in the one who finished the work on our behalf. Let me me tell you just one story. So one time I had came to church and I had a cold and one of the ministers, I love her. She's a lovely lady. Um, I had a cold and she said, "Uh, what's going on? I said, I'm sick. She said, don't speak that. I said, don't speak what? She said, don't, don't speak sickness over you. I said, but I'm, but I'm sick. She said, you don't, you don't speak. That's speaking death. I said, but my nose is running. <laughs> that's a, my eyes are itching. That's the same thing happened to me. This is actually reality. I promise that happened to me. I think I told you the story. I was getting the call. Granted y'all, I didn't grow up in a church, so I didn't have a framework for all of this. So I started, when I, when I first came to Christ, I just was around so many different Christians and I got in the, um, during the springtime, I have really bad allergies. Like they're like horrible. I got in the car and my I was scratching my eye and I was sneezing. And she was like, you got a cold? And I was like, no, I got allergies. And she was like, well, don't speak it. We're not going to believe that today. I said, believe what? <laughs> <laughs> she ain't got nothing to do with faith. I'm fr- I'm like fresh out. I've been saved like a year and a half. Like, So she like, I'm like, believe what? She like, we're not going to believe that you got a cold. I said, but I, I mean, I should, I'm we not going to believe that you got allergies. I said, but. I, I, do. I do. I've had them since I was like nine. Like, I've, I've, <laughs> it's, it's pollen. Yeah, I've always said allergies. You don't see my eyes. You don't see puffy. the clarity in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm so confused. But yeah. yeah. And so I think if someone were to say, okay, instead of like, how should that person respond? I think it's okay. If the person says, yeah, I'm sick, you say, okay, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray in the God who is able to do the impossible that he'll heal you of your sickness yeah. right now. Cause I don't so want, it, it isn't that we, we disregard reality. Right. Uh, Cause I think people think that having faith means to actually be delusional. 
Yeah. No, I'm I'm not, faith says no, this is actually real. My marriage does suck. I'm I'm saying hypothetical. My marriage does suck. <laughs> uh, like this life is hard. I am broke. My 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 child are acting a hot mess. That's the reality. I don't have to disregard that to be faithful. Right. But what I do say is in light of my reality, yeah. what is the ultimate reality? The ultimate I, reality is that God can change. Cuz I don't want anybody to think that we, you know, uh are disregarding having faith that God could take these things away. That's not what we're trying to communicate. I think what we're trying to communicate is that we really do think that we should put all of our hope on the one who could take it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not Christ's work and a little bit of our works. It's not um, Christ's word and a little bit of us speaking. It's he, he is the final word. And if we put our hope in him, he is faithful um, to take it away or he might not, but uh, yeah. yeah and even and even if he doesn't, the hope is that he will sustain us in the midst. Absolutely. You know? So for you, um, people think that you're wicked because you have tattoos. Yeah. They must really think I'm demon possessed because I have 19. Wow. Uh, but the saints don't come for me like they come for you. I don't know why. I, I don't either. I just get like this different like. Maybe I have the saints that just like tattoos that follow me and you have the saints that don't. I don't know. I don't either. It's I, I, it's interesting to see. Yeah. But I so I think the scripture that a lot of people go to the most is Leviticus 19 verse 28. Teach this text, sir. Yeah, so I every single time like Jackie said when I get a tattoo I have so many Christians saying, you know, the, the Bible says that we are not supposed to cut our flesh and mark our bodies. You are in sin. Um, like one guy, I'm really disappointed in you. So in the past, I've actually done Instagram lives. I've actually did um, YouTube videos, but I want to just address this one last time. Hopefully, <laughs> let's just read Leviticus 19:28. I'm reading out of the ESV version. It says, "You shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves." For I am the Lord. Now, I think a lot of times when we read scripture to avoid taking scripture out of context, if we ask ourselves three important questions, who is the person writing this text? Why is he writing this text? And who is he writing to? I think that we will avoid taking a lot of scripture out of context. Now, if we know anything about the the children of Israel who were delivered out of Egypt by God, right? When Pharaoh refused to let his people go and taken into a land flowing with milk and honey, um, they all of a sudden got amnesia and forgot all the things that God had did for them. And they begin to worship literally dead idols yeah they start to take on the the habits and worship styles of the surrounding nations. yeah Yeah. and so i think in a lot of ways one of the reasons why god was telling them not to mark their bodies or cut their flesh for the dead because he did not want them to look like the culture right he did not want them to look like um um, not necessarily look worldly because I've heard people say that and I can address that a little later. You look worldly. No, they didn't necessarily look worldly. They looked like they worshiped other gods. So he wanted them to be set apart. But I think that we ignore the fact that it says for the dead, mm-hmm. right? We ignore that. We ignore that this was not the, the, the issue. Um, the main issue of this scripture or the, 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 the main context clue that we should look at the scripture is not the tattoos itself, but the idol worship. Mm-hmm. That's what the focus should be on. Um, um, so when we see somebody that's getting the tattoo 
in today's age, we have to know that it's a, it is a completely different time. It is a completely different culture of what we read here in Leviticus. And some will say, well, does it still apply today? Yes, it still applies today. The idol worship does, right? So the reason why we can look at this scripture Leviticus and glean from it and learn from it and um, have a warning not to displease God is because we too can worship idols, hmm. graven images, right? Like the so you're so you're saying really the emphasis of applying that text today would not be on if my if I mark myself up. It's really what am I worshiping? What am I worshiping? Yeah, right. Okay. Because because what happens is the the world does not create anything, right? Mm-hmm. Everything was given to us by God. I think what the world does is the world takes what God has given given us and perverts it. Yeah, like you look at these people in Israel, right, who worship this golden calf. Mm-hmm. This golden calf was not evil. Mm-hmm. In itself, what was evil is that they made a god out of it, yeah. right? The tattoos, in the same sense, was not evil. What was evil is they did it to worship somebody other than the god who delivered them out of Egypt. That's good, right? So, so when we look at tattoos, we cannot look at the word "do not mark your body" and forget that it's saying "don't mark your body for a particular reason." Mm. It says for the dead. Mm-hmm. It's just like I have a bottle of water in my hand right now. God says today, um, you know, chill, my children, don't drink bottled <laughs> water for the dead. Yeah. 2,000 years go by, you see somebody drinking bottled water and you like, yo, you're going to go to hell if you keep drinking bottled water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Completely ignoring the fact that God said, don't do it to worship dead folk right <laughs> don't do it to worship any god besides me mm. and i think that if we don't read scriptures in context we always run the risk of one banging people over the head with scripture that it doesn't even say that mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying um and i think that we run the risk of, of of avoiding things or thinking things are worldly um when they're not necessarily worldly do, do you think that interpreting the old testament is harder than interpreting the new testament no i think i think interpreting i think interpreting i think interpreting the old testament is harder when we don't understand what the new testament has done for us okay sir i that's what i so i think that if we understand that when christ came he came not to abolish the law but to, to but to fulfill the law we see that Christ came to 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 do what the law couldn't do, and that was completely please God and 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 fulfill the wrath of God, right? And I mean, I mean, satisfy the wrath of God. Um, so I think that if we if we understand that, if we understand what, what what grace has done, we understand why grace had to come in the first place, mm-hmm. right? Because we were sinners falling mm-hmm. from grace, and you know, we needed a savior to come to fulfill. Yeah. Uh, what we couldn't do, right? Yeah. We had to do all of these laws. Like even if we look at this Leviticus law and verse twenty-seven above it, right? We see other laws like don't round the edges of your beard, for I am the Lord, right? So He gave them a lot of laws back in those days to please God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when Christ came, He didn't. He 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 did something that the law couldn't do, yeah. and that was to completely like. Make Please. us right with God. Yeah, to make us right with God. Yeah. So, and I don't see people going around like, "Oh, you got a beard, mm-hmm. and you got you went to the well, barbershop shop today." Just Hebrew Israelites. Yeah, 
They just let it grow. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? So I, I think another thing that I want to want to talk about is that a lot of times when I've gotten tattoos, or I've seen friends of mine got tattoos and they put it on social media, Facebook or Instagram. One of the things is like, man, you look like the world. And what does that mean? And what, yeah, what does that mean? Because right? one, either you're saying I look like the earth. Yeah. Do I look like a planet. Right. Or are you saying I look like a, a system ruled by evil? Okay, what what does that mean? Yeah. You know, because Cause what, cause what the Bible says, what the world looks like, I don't even know what, I forget what scripture it is, but it says, do not love the world, nor the things of this world, for all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. It goes on to say, for uh, it is not of the Father, but of this world, and the world is passing away, and the lust thereof. But he who does the will of God will abide forever. You better quote. So, the scripture without an open Bible. Girl, I'm so proud of you. I'm trying to process. And oh you, my gosh! And you not? You, you know, memorized it all by yourself, girl. Can I? Can you see? I didn't lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Go ahead. See, if you see what happens, the Lord to bring it back to remembrance. So I, I spoke it. See, <laughs> you get on my nerves. So what I'm trying to say is, when we when we see the scripture, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, we see that that's what the world consists of. Mm-hmm. Those three things: the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Mm-hmm. So when you say someone looks like the world, they have to fall under those three categories, yeah. right? Yeah. And so if I look like the world because I have a tattoo, mm-hmm. what does the pastor who looks like who has tattoos, but he's completely serving his church right. Or earrings. Right? Or what does the person who don't have tattoos, who wears a suit every single day, but sell Coke on the side? Like, what? Like, mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying? And like Not Coca-Cola. <laughs> Cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> that white girl. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, like what is the... To say somebody looks worldly, I, I, I just don't understand how... how what, what we get that framework from? Because, yeah. like... No one can look worldly. We can act worldly. Our hearts can be worldly. Our hearts can love these things, but I don't think nobody can look. And the truth worldly. is, I think because I mean, I came again out of a church context that was very against anything that looked worldly, quote unquote. You know, or so you know, there was secular music you weren't supposed to listen to, or you know, laugh at certain jokes. And obviously, there's a place for wisdom and all of these things. But I think that we have to acknowledge the fact that some people can be legalistic in thinking that obedience to all of these or being like obedience to all of these external kind of works is what one makes them righteous and two makes them better than other people mm-hmm. because it's easier to not get tattoos and it's easier to not listen to second music and it's easier to do that than to love your neighbor. Yeah. That's actually very easy to do. Yeah. Loving your neighbor though, uh, forgiving people who have sinned against you, uh, turning the other cheek, not repaying evil for evil. That actually takes a change of heart. Yeah. Uh, to obey than just to stop. And that's what know. I see all the time on social media. It's like, Preston, you're not righteous because you've done X, Y, Z. And that's not even what the gospel teaches mm-hmm. us. The gospel doesn't teach us that it's not necessarily what we do or what we don't do. Mm-hmm. It is who has changed us that motivates us to 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 have good works that mm-hmm. flow out of how we've been changed. Mm-hmm. And I think that in a lot of ways we don't we don't realize when we when we 
when we look at scripture and when we read scripture out of context of how work-based we actually become mm-hmm. it becomes like don't do this or don't do that and but then we we like you said we realized that you know I've I've mastered not doing such and such, but I haven't mastered not loving somebody unconditionally. I haven't mastered, you know, bearing and having long suffering with my neighbor. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why when somebody puts something on social media, you can attack someone that you don't even know mm-hmm. and tell them that they're going to hell mm-hmm. because you don't have to you don't have to do the hard work of actually loving them. What what do you think? What was um in learning how to read the Bible accurately, what has been like one practice that's just really fruitful for you. So for example, for me, um, when I, when I realized when I need to read the entire book that mm-hmm. this verse is in. Yeah. And so we're Romans four seventeen, for example, I, I'm not just going to read verse 17 and write a whole sermon on it without approaching the entire book of Romans. Yeah. Because these new Testament in particular, these are letters. This is a consistent flow of thought that Paul is having, you know, and mm. it would be an unfair if I text you and you just took out one sentence of my entire text and made created a whole framework. Absolutely. For it, rather than taking that one sentence and placing it inside of the entire text yeah. message I yeah. sent you, you yeah, know, that, you'll, you'll walk away much more clear about what I meant. Yeah, that's exactly what I uh, what I was going to say. I, I, I would be very offended if I wrote somebody a letter and then they take one sentence of the letter and then communicate. Um, what I said wrong. I mean, I think that when we look at scripture, we see that it is a, a, it's, a it's an entire narrative that has to be read in its in its in its fullness. So is that um, is that what's helped you? It's it's yeah. It's- that's that's helped me. Um, one of the, well, another thing that has helped me is reading credible commentary. That's good because I think commentary, not necessarily saying that all. 100% right all of the time, but it does give you a deeper context of the text mm-hmm. and it shows you multiple angles that mm-hmm. you, that the things that you might, you might miss and you, you might not see. But a, one main thing that I try to do is I try to always see Jesus mm-hmm. in every single thing that I read because he's there, mm-hmm. you know, Old Testament, New Testament. And I think that uh, Christ, he, I think you said this the other day and it was so good, Jackie. You was like, Christ was the only one who was completely holy. And, but at the same time, he loved perfectly and he did both so well. And I think that when we don't see Christ um, in every single thing that we read in scripture uh, and when we fight not to see him, we run the risk of making this a, a, a textbook about how to be a good person. Yeah. And not seeing how he was the 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 best person that ever lived and he finished the work and that we have to have to put our hope and trust in him. Yeah, so yeah. I think I think what it does it it takes a lot of the pressure off of me and put my hope in him. Yeah. In John uh 5, that's what John 5:39, that's when Jesus says, "You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they, the scriptures that bear witness about me." And so it really is a game changer when you start to read the Bible and go into it not saying, okay, let me just do this to be a Christian today, or let me just do this to, you know, get some peace. And they're, they're helpful in getting peace. They're helpful in learning how to be a Christian, but it's a, it's a whole nother thing when you go into the text and you say, Hey God, show me you, you know, it just changes how you read um, the Bible. And I think speaking to your commentary thing, I think commentaries from me have helped me to see is what I'm seeing in this text 
has have other people throughout history seen the same thing. Absolutely. If I'm seeing something that no other Christian throughout time has actually seen too, I think it's safe to say I'm off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like are there viable sources, trusted sources, uh, that are leaning or or are going in the direction that I'm going to. But that's crazy. It's like confirmation. Yeah, but that's crazy because on the tattoo post, I didn't respond to a lot of people. It was like 700 comments. Yeah. And I didn't respond to a lot of people. But one of the girls that I did respond to, uh, she was just really going in. And after her fourth comment, I said, well, I just encourage you to read some some commentary uh-huh. um, and do some cross-references. And she was like, I don't need to read no commentary because I read the scripture and it's very clear and plain. Okay. And I said, well... It's not, yeah. <laughs> obviously, because you're still, you know, yeah. you're not, you're not interpreting it right. So, I, th- I think if we have that, if if we have that heart posture, we we'll never really see that man consistently throughout history. So many people who have dug in the scriptures are saying the same thing. Maybe we should reconsider. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying that these people should shape the way you think, mm-hmm. but they should challenge the way you think. Yeah. But another thing I think is cross references. Cross references are bomb. Yes. So cross references are the little scriptures. That either are like in the in a, margins, yeah, or, or the they st- got the little number next to a like a word, yeah. And you're like, why is this number here? Yeah. And it's like when you go to that number, you go to a scripture that is connected to the passage that you're reading. Yeah. So cross references are big because what I what I what I think it does is if we read something and we're confused about it because scripture interprets scripture, we see that another story in the Bible or in the Old Testament that this was spoken about when Christ spoke. Um, and this is actually Jesus speaking right here or whatever. It kind of gives us a bigger picture of what it was actually talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might have been like when when Paul was speaking, he was probably quoting Isaiah or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think it gives us a, a, a larger picture and it, and, it, and it doesn't allow us to be so narrow minded. It just broadens our, our view of the scriptures and shows us a deeper context. And it's helped me to like cross references. I've helped me to like, even if there's supposed contradictions in the scripture, mm-hmm. uh, you can recognize that no scripture is not contradicting itself. And so yeah. let me look at uh, where this passage or this idea, whether that's works or justification, was talked about in other passages to try to come to a right conclusion. Um, so I think for me, just anytime I open the Bible, people ask me all the time, like, how do you approach the Bible? And my main thing is I go into the Bible, one, praying that God would show me uh, what he's trying to say, because mm-hmm. the Bible is spiritually discerned. So I need the Spirit's help. I interrogate the text and I allow I allow the text to answer my questions mm-hmm. because I trust that the text has that's answers good. for the text. That's you good. Know? I think that's, I want to just say that I think that's the reason why you're such a good Bible teacher. Oh, Seriously, you. because you, you ask, even when I'm, I'm studying something apologetics related or whatever, you've made me think about things in my study mm-hmm. because you ask such good questions. And I think that I think that we should pray that God will make us more inquisitive about the scriptures, Um, because when when we're inquisitive about the scriptures, it's like we have to wrestle. We have to wrestle with everything and we just don't read things for what it is. Mm -hmm. We have to go deeper. It can hold up to our questions. Yeah, it it got strong legs. I I remember when I I had taught this uh, lesson on John 316. And I want I love showing people that there's so much to read or learn about something small. And so John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believed in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You better quote scripture. That's like on the bottom of Forever 21 back. Um, s- <laughs> so that's easy. Um, but like for God, who's God? 
What, why, like, who is he? For God so loved. Love, is that an emotion? Is that an action? The world. What is the world? Who is the world? That he gave. He gave. So whatever he's about to say next mm. means it's a gift. Come on now. He gave his only son, his only son. Only. That So he showed his love by giving us a gift, and this gift is his son. Who, like, who was the gift? I just said it. His son. Say it again. His son. Woo! Jesus. I feel that. Um, and so, yeah, like, <laughs> when you start to, like, question the text um, and become a Berean, Ber- the Bereans, they didn't just listen to Paul. They actually went to the text to verify if what Paul was saying was accurate. I think when we do that, we become much more, uh, just way better. Side so, so, note. Side note. What? That's what a lot of y'all need to do with some of y'all pastors. Y'all need to... You need to go and ask somebody, is this accurate? You know what I'm saying? No, because, seriously. Because Wh- whatever that sermon was, you read it yourself and study it yourself. Yeah, because unfortunately, a lot of us have been led astray by our leaders. and not saying that you should leave those leaders, but you know, God might use you to challenge some of those leaders because we really should know what God has said yeah. about himself and his word and not just trust any man. So some resources. Get you a good study Bible, a study Bible with some cross-references, uh, maybe some commentaries. I have the ESV study Bible. If you are a woman, uh, She Reads Truth study Bible is a beautiful uh, Bible to have. Uh, Biblehub.com. They yes. have commentaries, uh, Greek, Hebrew. Uh, if you got some coin, you can get Logos. Yes. It's real costly, but it's a beautiful computer program where you'll be able to study the word and stuff like that you can find everything on log yeah, so i think can. it's a good investment but i got it for free because i got followers so oh i'm saying they give you stuff because they want you to talk about it mm. what humble brag no i'm just saying I, uh, uh, I, i'm just if, saying i'm just saying if i didn't have <laughs> no but uh yeah man uh i hope hope this was helpful to somebody i'm pretty sure some of y'all gonna be like tattoos still sinful and that's okay. It's so stick, cool. Stick to your convictions. Yeah, yeah. And we and we can still love one another and serve one another and um, yeah, and love God. So we love y'all, man. Uh, hopefully this was blessing to somebody. I was gonna end this like a YouTube channel. Let's just go and go get a tattoo. Bye, y'all. <laughs>